The British Israel Church of God presents The Watchman Program The Watchman says Watch World News Watch Europe Watch China Watch Middle East The Watchman unlocks all Bible prophecy From the past, the present And the world to come And now Evangelist and commentator Peter Salemi Greetings again everyone this is Peter Salemi, and welcome to the Watchman program. Millions of Christians believe that there is an event is going to happen called the Rapture, a huge event where Almighty God whisks his church away up into heaven while everybody else down here on earth is suffering the pangs of the Great Tribulation. You probably recall the bumper sticker on, on the back of certain cars that say, in case of the Rapture, this vehicle will be unoccupied. Now, when I see a car like that on the highway, I try to avoid cars like that because that person is a Christian. And if the rapture does happen, can you imagine the traffic accident that would happen when this guy goes through the roof of his car and the car is just off on its own driving down the highway at 100 kilometers per hour? That could cause easily a three, 400 car pileup on the highway at that kind of speed that people are are uh, driving at, or even on a plane. You better hope if you go on a plane ride that the person is not a Christian, the pilot is not a Christian, because if he goes through you know, the roof of the plane and there's nobody else driving the plane, well, then uh, obviously the plane will start going down and kill about four or 500 people, not to mention all the damage that will, it will do on the ground there when it finally lands, or land crash lands, rather. I think rapturists don't kind of think things through when they talk about the rapture and why they believe the rapture. You know, I was watching Jack Van Impey once, and he was talking about the rapture, and he was saying... You know, he was reading the headlines off of the newspapers, and then he started going off on the rapture saying, Oh, isn't it a wonderful time to be alive? Are you saved? Are you waiting for the coming of the Lord? The rapture? Uh. Of course, that coming of the Lord is not Jesus coming all the way to the earth, but he kind of comes and makes a near miss. And he gathers all of the good grain off of the earth, and brings them all up into heaven, while everybody else down here is suffering the pangs of the Great Tribulation. Because the belief is that the rapture comes before the tribulation. And constantly, you see these so-called evangelists on television, on radio, and giving examples in the Bible of Noah and Lot and Joshua and Daniel saying, you know, oh, he saved Lot from the destruction of Sodom. He saved Noah and his family in the ark and saying that that was a type of the rapture. But there's a problem with that, though. They didn't go off into heaven. Almighty God protected them right there where they are. Therein lies the difference. They received God's protection right there where they were. They weren't raptured up into heaven. 
But constantly you see these people say, oh, he saved Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. He saved Daniel in the lion's den. He saved Gilligan off the island. Well, not so much Gilligan, but other examples that they use in the Bible to prove that there is a rapture. They use these kinds of of examples. But the problem is, again, God did not rapture them to heaven. He saved them right there where they were. They received God's divine protection. And I'll get to that a little later in the broadcast. But does the rapture come before the tribulation? Now, there's a few groups out there. Some are called premillennialists that believe that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation. Then you have the post millennialists that believe that uh, the church is going to be resurrected at the end of the tribulation during the day of the Lord, which the Bible plainly says the saints will be resurrected at that time. But I don't group myself into any of these categories. I just believe what the Bible says. Now, if people want to put labels on certain beliefs, fine, go ahead. That's that's their, uh, their prerogative. But for me... I just believe what the Bible says. And then there's all millennialists that aren't sure which one way or the other when Christ is going to come. Well, let's look at the series of events that are going to happen in the future, and let's see when the saints are going to be resurrected. All right, let's go to Matthew, the 24th chapter. And here, Jesus Christ gives a sequence of events that are that is going to happen in the future in Matthew the 24th chapter verse 29 and it plainly says in the bible when the saints are going to be resurrected now if you want to label this premillennialist amillennialist postmillennialist go ahead that's fine i don't put myself in a certain category i just believe what the bible says and it says this in verse 29 of Matthew, the 24th chapter. And if you have a Bible there at home, you want to uh, follow along with me, that's fine. It says, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So after the tribulation comes the heavenly signs. All right, keep your place here and let's go to Joel the second chapter, and verse 31. And let's see what it says here. It says, The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. So here we see the heavenly signs. If you got a piece of paper, put heavenly signs in the middle. And then you have, as Christ says here, tribulation, then comes the heavenly signs, and then, according to Joel, the second chapter, verse 31, comes, after the heavenly signs, the day of the Lord. So there you have your basic sequence of events by Christ, by the prophet Joel, that shows you the sequence of events of tribulation, heavenly signs, the day of the Lord. Now let's go back to Matthew 24th chapter, and in verse 30. It says, Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. 
And then all of the tribes of the earth shall mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and with great glory. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ, obviously. And now verse 31. Now, here's the question. Are you going to believe your Bible, or are you going to believe man's theories? Now, this is the decision you have to make. I can't make it for you. I accept it. I believe what the Bible says. The big question is, are you going to accept what the Bible says? It says this. This is during the second coming of Jesus Christ, when, of course, Christ treads down the wrath of God on sinning wretched mankind at his second coming. And you can read that in Revelation, the 19th chapter. He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, the elect of Christ. And, of course, who is the elect of Christ? The saints, the church of God. His elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So when are the elect, the saints of God, resurrected? After the tribulation, after the heavenly signs, during the day of the Lord. Now notice this scripture here that says that he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and gather his elect. Now if we go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and 1 Thessalonians 4, which is basically the same uh, reading, and we know 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4 is the same event because the Apostle Paul says we in both scriptures. So obviously it is the same event. But notice what it says here in 1 Corinthians 15th chapter. Here's something interesting that he says in verse 54. Sorry, in verse 51. I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The Apostle Paul included himself in that because he is part of the Church of God, the elect of God, the saints of God. And obviously it is speaking of the same event that Jesus Christ spoke of in Matthew, the 24th chapter, verse 31. It says, the last trumpet. So that's obviously showing us that there are other trumpets before this one. And where do we read about a series of trumpets that are blown? And then comes the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet, and then the saints are resurrected. We see that in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, the 11th chapter, we see a series of trumpets being blown, seven trumpets, and the seven trumpets kick off a bit of God's wrath, but then the seventh trumpet kicks off the third woe, and then the vile plagues are poured on sinning mankind, and the full extent of God's wrath is being poured out upon the earth. And during this seventh trumpet, we see, in verse 15, the church 
being resurrected and the kingdom of God being set up. And of course, this happens at the second coming of Christ. Here is the last trump. It says, The seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever. And then it says a little later on here, it says, We give thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and would, which was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and has reigned. And then it says, The nations are angry, and thy wrath is come. Obviously during the day of the Lord, because the day of the Lord, day of the Lord is the day of God's wrath. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and you should destroy them which destroy the earth. That's at the seventh trumpet. The saints re receive their reward. And what is our reward? reward? Eternal life. So the time setting is inescapable. The seventh trumpet, the last trump, the trump of God, the great sound of the trumpet that Jesus Christ spoke of, all these scriptures put together show that the saints will be resurrected after the tribulation, after the heavenly signs, during the day of the Lord, the day of God's wrath. It is simple. It is easy. The church will not be raptured away before the tribulation, but the church will be resurrected at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to know more and you want to study this in great detail with your Bible, we want to offer you a free article called The Rapture and Your Place of Safety. And we go through with you in your Bible to show you when the church gets resurrected. And of course, as we've just proven to you in this broadcast, the church will be resurrected at the second coming of Christ during the day of the Lord and not before the tribulation. And your place of safety is Almighty God going to protect you right there where you are? Now, there was a doctrine a few years ago by the Worldwide Church of God, and they believed their place of safety was God whisking them away, but not to heaven, but a place called Petra in the Jordan. And we go through that doctrine as well to show you that that doctrine is false and that Almighty God will protect you right there where you are. And we can prove that to you in the pages of your Bible. So I'm going to let Bill Patsinas, our VP, give you the information of how you can pick up this free article and our address and our web address so you can pick up this free article absolutely free of charge. To get your free CD-ROMs, United States and Britain in Prophecy, Please write to us at British Israel, Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Parump, Nevada, postal code 89060, or log on to our website at www.britishisrael.ca. All right, please go on our website and order those articles. You can get them on CDs, or you can read them online on our website at britishisrael.ca. Ca. And, of course, we give the booklet, The United States and Britain in Prophecy, with it as well. We give it with every 
CD-ROM that we give out because we believe that that is a very important subject that people must know about because we are dedicated to doing the work of the Watchman, which is dedicated to the House of Israel. And, of course, we believe the House of Israel is the United States and the British Commonwealth of Nations. All right. Now, if you believe in the rapture then, and you believe that the church is not going to go through the tribulation and you believe in the rapture, then why are these scriptures in the Bible? These are scriptures that you're going to have to deal with if you believe in this pre-tribulation rapture. John, the 16th chapter, verse 33, says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. And now, if we're not supposed to go through the tribulation, why does Jesus Christ say that we will have tribulation in this world? Notice what Jesus Christ says here in John the 17th chapter, verse 15. He's praying to the Father here, and he says, I pray not that you should take them out of the world. He's praying to the Father, saying to the Father, not to take the church out of the world, yet Rapturists say that the church is going to be taken out of the world. What are you going to believe? Man's theories? Or are you going to believe your Bible? Have you noticed that man's theories always contradicts what the Bible says? In every turn. Notice a little later on in that scripture, it says, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Keep, that old English word for keep means protection that he should protect his church from the evil one, but not to take them out of the world. And it makes total sense. Just when the world needs the church the most, because the church is the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the time at the earth's darkest hour, rapturous believe that God is going to take the church out of the world, when the world needs the church the most? Think about it. The darkest period of Earth's history. And the church is needed the most because they will be the only light in the world. Acts, the 14th chapter, verse 22. Here's another scripture that shouldn't be in the Bible if you believe in the rapture. It says here that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So we must go through much tribulation to enter into the kingdom of God. What are we going to do with those scriptures? Are we going to rip those scriptures out of the Bible and pretend they don't exist? You see, the only thing you can prove through the Bible is the truth. And when you Start putting your own interpretation into the Bible, then you get contradictions. And when there's people out there that really don't know the Bible, don't understand the Bible, haven't read or studied the Bible, and they see these contradictions, well then, it's hard for them to get into the faith, because they think the faith is full of contradictions, and they don't realize that that's man's theories, man's interpretations of the Bible, and that's why you see contradictions. But when you just stick to the truth, stick to what the Bible says, there is 
no contradiction. All right, let's go to another argument. Let's go through some of the arguments that people try to use to show that there is a pre-tribulation rapture. And we have an argument section in our webs in our article on our website that goes through each and every one of these arguments to prove to you that there is no pre-tribulation whisking away of the church, that the church goes through the tribulation, that the church gets resurrected during the day of the Lord at the second coming of Jesus Christ. But let's go through this famous scripture in Titus, the second chapter, verse 13. Here is the famous scripture that most people use. It says, looking for that blessed hope, and, they say, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. They believe that that blessed hope is the rapture, and the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ is his second coming, where he comes all the way down to the earth and sets up the kingdom of God. This is the Holy Grail. This is the Sword of Damocles. This is the big scripture that proves that this is the rapture. When you look at the new translations, and you look at the Greek and the way it's structured, you see that it's hyphenated. That the blessed hope, and then and is taken out, and it's hyphenated. It's a conjunction. And that the blessed hope is the second coming of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's not describing two events. It's actually describing one event. The blessed hope is the second coming of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All right, let's go to another one. Now, this argument, a lot of these preachers, so-called preachers, like to fool around with the Greek. And there's three Greek words that are translated coming in the English, and it's apocalypsis, epiphania, and parousia. And the other two, apocalypsis and epiphania, means that Jesus is coming all the way to the earth, and it is his revealing, his coming, and he sets up the kingdom of God during his apocalypsis, or epiphania. But then when it comes to the word parousia, that means the rapture, that he comes, but he doesn't come all the way down, he kind of just comes, makes a near miss, and just whisks his church away up into heaven. Well, let's go to one scripture here in Second Thessalonians 2. Speaking here about the man of sin that is going to be revealed, this uh, son of perdition, verse 3, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Then in verse 8, it says, Then shall that wicked one, as it should re be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and he shall destroy with the brightness. Now, before I get on to this next word, when does he do this? Do this? When does Christ come and destroy that wicked one who does all these miracles and sits in the temple of God? Well, you read Revelation, the 19th chapter, that false prophet he destroys in the lake of fire. This is at the second coming during the day of the Lord. Let's go back to Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 8. 
the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And you can read that in Revelation 19 when the sword comes out of his mouth, divine fiat. And shall destroy with the brightness of his parousia. So his parousia comes when? At the second coming of Christ during the day of the Lord. Now all three mean the same thing, but they try to play with the Greek and they pick this word for some reason to show that that is the rapture and it's just not true. All three words mean the same thing, the revealing, the coming of Jesus Christ, which of course takes place at the, during the day of the Lord. So what is going to happen to God's church? I'm going to end this off with Psalm the 91st chapter, and in Psalm 91, David shows, and we all see it, we see examples of this in the Bible, of divine protection for God's church, and that God will protect you right there where you are. There's no need for you to be raptured away. There is no need for you to be taken to a place of safety. God, the Bible says, is your refuge that God bears you on eagle's wings as it should as it says meaning like the old expression I will take you under my wing it is a symbol of protection and that's what that means about bearing his church on eagle's wings meaning he will protect his people and there's no reason for you to go anywhere God will protect you right there where you are let's go to Psalm the 91st chapter to show you what God is going to really do with his church. All right, Psalm, the 91st chapter. Here it says, He that dwells in secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Again, protection. When we're under a shadow, we're under the protection of the sun. We are under God's protection. It says this, I will say of the eternal, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. So God is our protection, obviously. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Of course, we read of the pestilence that happens during the day of the Lord, during the wrath of God. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. So that great symbol of the great eagle is a symbol of protection, that God will protect his church. And then it says in verse 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto you. Only with thine eyes you shall behold and see the reward of the wicked. So we are seeing the reward of the wicked. We are not up in heaven somewhere. We are not in a place of safety in Jordan somewhere. We are right where we dwell, wherever you dwell, where do you live, in Texas, in Canada, wherever. You will see the reward of the wicked because you have made, verse 9, the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling again where do you live texas tennessee ontario you know london paris wherever you are 
God is going to protect you right there where you are. Divine protection. That is God's promise during the time of the day of the Lord. Now, some people try to quote where it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, I believe, that God has not appointed us unto wrath. Of course, God's not going to pour his wrath on his own people. His own people believe and keep God's commandments. God's going to pour his wrath on sinning, wretched mankind and not his own people. So I urge you to log on to our website, BritishIsrael.ca, and get that free literature on the rapture and your place of safety. This is Peter Salemi saying goodbye, friends, and I'll see you here next time on the Watchman Program. All our literature is offered free of charge. Write to us at British Israel, Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Pahrump, Nevada, postal code 89060. Our website address is www.britishisrael.ca. This is Bill Pizzinas saying goodbye, friends.